Second Timothy chapter three, please. Second Timothy chapter three. Maureen, that was beautiful. Thank you. I always love hearing you. All these years, a blessing. At Christmas time, we can all become so distracted by everything that's going on. And we're inundated with emails, and not only emails, but now texts. And the next sale is coming up, and don't miss this. And the sale ends today, and we've extended it one more day, and you still have your chance. And so it seems like that the next purchase, the next purchase, and all of these things, the next get-together, the next party, who wants what, all of that, how many of you have experienced a little bit of that, right? And then we come into the church house and we try to remember, what are we doing? What are we talking about? Next Sunday is our Christmas celebration service. And I'm going to do my best to give a clear presentation of the gospel based around the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Will you please invite someone? Will you do your best? There are people that will come to church at Christmas time. They'll come to church at Easter. That's the only time they'll step foot in the building. Let's fill this place up next week. Let's fill it up so people can hear the gospel. I know that uh, that our outreach team has worked so hard to have invite packets and gifts for people. Amber, Amber, Amber I almost said Amber Cavender. Amber uh, Blackford has worked so hard to put all of these things together. And a lot of the ladies got together to make the gifts. Let's, let's invite people. Let's be sure to be here. Look at 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 3. And look at what it says in verse 10. Apostle Paul writing, But thou hast known, thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch and Iconium and Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And it seems like as, as we look out at the world today, that this it, it, it just feels like there's a pall of darkness that is falling on the world. It seems like when every time I look at my news feed and and I try to catch up with what's going on in the world, there, there's just more and more evil. And I don't know if there's more and more evil if, or if it's just that with the instantaneous information that we have access to, it, we're just more aware of it all the time, all the time, all the time, this evil that's around us. I want you to think about what it would have been like 2,000 years ago before Jesus Christ had come. Understand that the last time God had spoken was 400 years before. It had been 400 years of silence since Malachi had finished his prophecy. And now one comes crying in the wilderness. He's covered in goat skins. And he comes out from the wilderness and says, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. But about 30 years before that, a very few people got to see the announcement that the King of kings and the Lord of lords the Savior of the world had entered into the world in a little manger in a small town called Bethlehem. And it changed everything. 
Understand that even though the world has changed the way that they date things, for centuries and centuries it was B.C. and A.D., before Christ, and then everything else. Because everything, they can call it common era if they want, but everything changed when Jesus Christ came. We're going to look at some more of those things next week. But we as believers, those of us who have placed our faith and trust in Christ alone, those of us who are going to be ministering to people this Christmas season, those of us who are going to be reaching out into the community to have an effect for eternity, what should we do? We're in the middle of this darkness. What do we do? Look at the next verse. Verse 14. But continue. That's what we are to do. Nothing new. We are to continue. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect Throughly furnished unto all good works. Lord, help us as we study this passage this morning. Help us to understand that we have a job to do and that we are to continue doing it at Christmas time. In Jesus' name, amen. The first thing that I want you to see from this is that we need to continue believing that the gospel is inextricably linked to the Holy Scriptures. The gospel is inextricably linked to the Holy Scriptures. Look at what it says in verse 15. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation. As we've quoted over the last couple of weeks, the Bible says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. The book of Romans says, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The Bible says, How shall they hear without a preacher? The Bible makes it very clear that that the gospel is something that has to be received, the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15. And then he said that the gospel, how that, Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. And how that he was raised from the dead the third day according to the Scriptures. Salvation is inextricably linked to the Word of God. So the best gift, the greatest gift you could ever give someone at Christmas time is the Word of God. You want a great gift to give someone? Buy them a Bible. Buy them a Bible and then give them a study that shows them how to know Christ, the Christ of salvation. You know, when I was young, which I know, Stone Age, right? Long time ago, Flintstones were young when I was doing that. Um, We had this gospel track called God's Simple Plan of Salvation. Some of you have seen that. And it's the simple Romans road. And what is the Romans road? Romans 3.10. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The Romans 3.23. Romans 3.10. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23. There's none righteous. No, not one. Romans 6.23. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Uh, Romans 5.8. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 10, 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Isn't that a wonderful thing? It's the Romans road to salvation. The apostle Paul, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, gave us the words that we need to know 
to have eternal life. And that gospel track has been so effective, and we have that similar message on all of the literature that we put out. But we live in a different time than when that was put out. I think it was put out by a guy named Ford Porter over in Indianapolis. It's, we live in a different world. There are people that don't believe that there is a God. If there is a God, has he revealed himself? There are people that believe that Jesus Christ may have been a historical figure, but was he really God? There are people who believe that Jesus may have been a historical figure, but he was never born of a virgin. That's impossible. He didn't rise from the dead. That's impossible. There are people who don't know there's an Old and a New Testament. We just talked about those 400 silent years between Malachi and Matthew. There are people that have never heard those terms, Malachi and Matthew, in reference to the Word of God. That's the world that we live in now. That's the the post-Christian world. That's the culture that we're taking the gospel to. And the, the job is to continue in what we have learned. But let me just say, much of the training that we have had over the last 50 years is insufficient for the task. See, you and I must know the Holy Scriptures in order to be able to communicate those to our loved ones. And that's why we have this discipleship ministry. That's why when we come into this room, we don't talk about topics very often, that we are going through the Bible, looking at how the Bible tells us what to do in this world. Folks, what an opportunity, but what an amazing responsibility it is for us to be communicating the gospel to someone right now. And we have to continue believing that the gospel is inextricably linked to the word of God. We must know it. Number two, we must continue believing that children can know the Holy Scriptures. A friend just sent me a meme. And it said, when a child has learned about salvation in Sunday school, and mom is trying to say, um... You know, Santa, he knows when you've been good and bad. And the child says, well, if it's a gift, then I can't work for it. That's what this, this meme said. But a child knows the Bible. It messes up some of the stuff that we're trying to do. It's hilarious. See, what, what I love, look at the text. Look at verse 15. And that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. We need to continue believing that children can know the Holy Scriptures. We need to have high expectations of our children. See, one of the things that I love, and I've heard this over the years, over and over and over again. Those of you, your children are in Awana. They're, they're memorizing these verses. And then you get together with your family at Christmas, and someone will say something. They'll bring something up, and your child will quote the Bible to them. And the Bible says, out of the mouths of babes. And it's amazing what Scripture from the mouth of a child can do in the heart of an adult. See, we've got to make sure that we keep our children immersed in the Word of God, that our children know God. We need to have high expectations for our children. They need to know the Word of God. And that from a child, thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. You know, it's funny. Every time... The word scripture is used in the Bible. It's talking about a copy or a translation. A copy or a translation. How many of you have a copy or a translation of the Bible? 
Do you know it? And are you teaching it to your children? See, we have dumbed down, we have so dumbed down everything in the culture. Have you all noticed, that, now I don't watch cartoons that often, all right? But have you been in a situation where you see a modern child's cartoon? Are you amazed at how dumb they are? How many of you, seriously, how many of you have noticed this? When the, the cartoons that we grew up with, Looney Tunes, there, was, there were references to classic literature and all of those things, right? They must have taken a left turn at Albuquerque. Remember uh, Bugs Bunny? Uh, all the, even the cartoons, even everything in the culture was at a higher level. And we have so dumbed down everything for children except for sex education. We have to dumb everything down except for that. How many of you think maybe darkness is falling on our country? Right? We need to get Scripture into our children's hearts and minds and lives and believe that they can understand it. From a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. What is Christmas about? It is about the birth of Jesus Christ. Was Jesus Christ born on December 25th? No. No. We know that. Amen? Hopefully. Does everybody know that? Right? And yet, the Christian world has chosen that date to celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, a little child doesn't need to know what the virgin birth is. They, they don't need to understand what that is. But they do need to know that Jesus Christ is God. That God is with us. God is with us. Isn't that wonderful? And that a child can come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, a child, a baby, an infant, there's no reason to baptize that baby. All that does is make a wet baby. Amen? I like to say, if you can show me a baby being baptized in the Bible, I'll eat it. Which one, the baby or the Bible? It doesn't matter. Neither one of them are in there. We're safe. All the babies are safe. When does a child get to the place where they can genuinely understand the gospel? There's not an age. People are different. Some children, they genuinely understand that they need a Savior at a very early age, five, six years old. Some children, they, it's later, it's 10, 12, 13. But most people who come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior, it happens when they're children. Something like 85% of people who are born again are saved when they are children. Parents, please do not neglect the salvation of your children. Do not neglect the salvation of your children. Do you know whether or not your children are born again? It's such a sad thing when I ask a parent, is your son, is your son saved? Is your daughter saved? I don't know. I'm not sure. Now, if that person came to Christ as an adult, that's understandable. But if you have been around the Lord and the Lord's things and you've been raised in a Bible-preaching church and you've raised your children in a Bible-preaching church and you're not sure of their salvation, what are you talking with them about? Have these conversations. And as you have those conversations, how many of you know that if you consistently talk to your children about something, they will talk to someone else about that? Right when I was a, we were kids, my little sister Linda, um, we were out to eat with some people, and um, 
this lady said to my mother, I just love the color of your hair. It's beautiful. And my sister was probably six. And she said, that's because she puts that stuff in it. Children will say anything. So here's the good thing. If we're constantly talking to our children about Scripture and about the Lord and about eternal life and about what Jesus Christ has done, what are they going to talk about when they go to see somebody? Someone. They're going to talk about that. What a blessing it is. So number one, continue believing the gospel is inextricably linked to the Holy Scriptures. And number two, continue believing that children can know the Holy Scriptures. That's what it says from a child, thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. Then number three, continue believing that the Scriptures teach salvation is through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Look at the text. In that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So here's what's important. So me giving the Bible to Ethan. I almost said Evan. It says so many times. Me giving him the Bible is not his salvation. Right? Salvation is not bound up in a thing. What the scriptures do is they teach us. They make us wise unto salvation which is through faith in Jesus Christ. What the scriptures do, the scriptures give us authority. So most of us in our community, the people that we will be with are religious people. That They know who Jesus is. They believe in the death, burial, and resurrection. The problem is many of them don't believe that's enough. They believe that they have to add some other rituals to it. And that that it becomes very attractive to people. There's a there's a majesty and a formality to traditional religion. When when they have the icons and the statues and and all of that, there's there's a, a feeling to it in a great cathedral. There's a feeling that's associated with that in those that's associated with Christianity in those people's minds. That's why we need the authority of the Word of God. The Bible says that salvation is through faith, which is in Jesus. That's what our text just said. But remember what Romans says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. They believe they have to do these things to be a Christian when the Bible says you have to have faith in Jesus Christ. And that it's enough. That that sacrifice is enough. So how do we do that? Look at Ephesians chapter 2. You need to have this in your Bible, ready to go. Verse 8, Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. For by grace are ye saved, through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So the only way that anyone is saved is by grace through faith. Grace is a gift. Faith is believing that that gift is enough. Faith is believing that Jesus Christ is God and that his death, burial, and resurrection was enough to save me. I have faith in that message, faith in that gospel, not of works, not of works. Look at Titus chapter 3. Continue. Continue at Christmas. 
Titus 3, 5, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. What is the washing of regeneration? That's being washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. It's being washed, having my sin washed away. How does that happen? By faith, by faith. I must continue believing that salvation is inextricably linked to the scriptures, to the Holy Scriptures. I must continue believing that children can know the Holy Scriptures and have high expectations of my children knowing the Bible. I expect you guys to know this stuff. I expect you to know this. You've been around it your whole life. You need to know this and not only know it, but you need to be able to say it. You need to be able to communicate it. Because you guys will have opportunities to give the gospel to people that we will never talk to. It's vital. You're important in this. You're important. And then uh, we must continue believing that salvation is by, through, through, is by faith. Here's where this is so important. You'll get together with family members and they'll be using religious speak. And they love God. They love Jesus. They love the Bible. They're just lost. So remember, as you are with your loved ones, understand that church membership doesn't take someone to heaven. Loving Jesus doesn't take someone to heaven. Loving the Bible, loving God, using religious speech does not take someone to heaven. Salvation is only by faith in Jesus Christ. If this person is not trusting Christ alone, they are not born again. We must continue believing that. A lot of Christian stuff going around at Christmas time. A lot of religious speak. But remember, salvation is by faith. And if there's works added to it, that is not the biblical gospel. That's another gospel, according to the Apostle Paul. So continue believing the gospel is inextricably linked to the Holy Scriptures. Continue believing that children can know the Holy Scriptures. Continue believing that the Scriptures teach salvation is through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And then... Continue believing that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Let's go back to our text. Verse 16, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. That's why I believe that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. <laughs> That's a clear statement. What is inspiration? We've looked at it many times, Job 32.8. There's a spirit in man, and the inspiration of the Almighty gives them understanding. Inspiration is God giving the mind of God to the mind of man through his words. And we have that. We have that. So when you are communicating the Bible, when the Bible says Jesus was born of a virgin, that's inspired. That is exactly what happened. That's a miracle. That gave him the kingly right to sit on the throne while maintaining absolute sinless purity without the sin of Adam. That's important. That's given by inspiration. Those details are vital. And then, continue believing that the script, it's the Scriptures that cause people to grow. You know, there are a lot of people that come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Some of you, you come to church, I see you on Sunday, and that's all that we see, and we don't know whether or not you're growing in the Lord or not. Look at what the Bible says. Look at our text. Verse 16, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. Here's what's going to make you useful for God's works, good works, useful for God's service, the Bible. 
getting the Bible in you. The Apostle Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, I would that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and the same judgment. How are we going to do that? When what we teach and what we believe are these words right here. When we believe and speak the same thing. God's desire for you is that you grow. You are his workmanship. Go back to Ephesians chapter 2. We looked at 8 and 9. Let's look at verse 10. Ephesians 2 and verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Wherefore, remember that ye, being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by that which is called circumcision in the flesh made by hands. Okay, so you had one religion that's based on on, on physical identification. This is a spiritual thing. This is a spiritual thing. Verse 12, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. That's where everyone is. And we are made nigh to God by the death of Jesus Christ, having abolished the enmity, that warfare, that's gone. That's all accomplished. But now God wants us to be his workmanship. How does he do that? Through the scriptures. Through the scriptures. Go back to 2 Timothy. All scriptures given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. Doctrine is God's truth in God's words. We believe in the virgin birth because the Bible says the doctrine is that Jesus was born of a virgin. We believe that he's the son of God because the doctrine is that Jesus Christ is the son of God. Mark chapter 1, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the son of God. That's that's doctrine. Jesus is the son of God. We know that because we get that doctrine from the words of God. Do you see how... What we do is inextricably linked. It can't be separated from the Bible. So when we communicate the Word of God, when we say, okay, you don't get baptized until you believe. Why do you believe that? Well, Philip was giving the gospel to the Ethiopian eunuch. He was reading. He found the eunuch. God sent him to talk to him. And this man, who was a high, a high official from Ethiopia, He's reading Isaiah chapter 53, and Philip says to him, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I except some man show me? And what did Philip do? Philip preached Jesus to him from that scripture. Even before the New Testament was written, the gospel would be preached from the scriptures. So then they're they're going along, and the eunuch says to Philip, Here's water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? What, why can't I? What would stop me from getting baptized? And listen to what he said. Philip answered him. If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So, why can't I get baptized? What would stop me from getting baptized? What do you believe? I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. You can get baptized. 
Listen, what did we just give? We gave God's truth about baptism in God's words. The Bible says, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not is condemned already. Baptism follows the belief. Baptism doesn't save you. The belief is what saves you. Belief in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. What am I giving you? God's truth in God's words. We believe that God is a trinity. That, that there's three persons in the Godhead. For there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Who's the Word? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. Without Him was not anything made that was made. We believe the Word is Jesus Christ because the Bible says Jesus is the Word. What is that? It's God's truth in God's words. See, we don't tell you tradition says, our church covenant says, our statement of faith, Baptist doctrine teaches. That's never what we say. How many times have I ever said that? The only time I say that is when I'm teaching you what Baptist doctrine is. And when I teach you what Baptist doctrine is, what is Baptist doctrine? It's New Testament. This is what the Bible says. So it's vital that we understand the thing that's going to make us grow is the Scriptures as we learn to speak doctrine. And if we are speaking the same doctrine, then we are one. If we are speaking different doctrine, then we are not one. How are we going to speak the same thing if we're speaking this right here? That's what the Bible is for. It helps us grow. Let's go back to our text. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine and for reproof. What is reproof? Reproof is showing us what's wrong. It's showing us what's wrong. If, if at church you're never challenged, you're never, God never convicts you about something, then that preacher is not preaching the Word of God. Because every time the Bible is open and the Word of God is communicated, then that Word will challenge our behavior. I don't have to list behaviors for you. The Bible deals with it. How many of you, God has ever spoken to you about something that I'm not even saying while we're preaching the Word of God? Does that happen? See, that's so much better than my list. I could give you guys a list of behaviors. I want you to do these things. Well, there are some things I want you to do. Every one of them are given here. They're given here. All right? That's reproof. It, it, it shows me what's wrong. And then what it says, and for correction. That's showing me what's right. Correction isn't pointing out what's wrong. Correcting is moving what's wrong, taking that reproof, and then showing what's right. Man, I'm glad that God didn't leave us without an owner's manual. This is the way you do it. Now, I know some of you dads, it's going to be Christmas Eve. You're going to be putting together some toys. You're going to be frustrated for about an hour and a half, and then you're going to look at the directions. And then you're going to get really mad because they're in Chinese. We have directions for correction. And then for instruction in righteousness. Instruction. Instru what is the instruction in righteousness? Keep your place here. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. What's the instruction in righteousness? What does that look like? Verse 22. That you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man 
which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. Okay? So if I'm going to live like a Christian, I've got to put off the old man. I gotta, I, it's like taking off a coat. I put that off, and then what do I put on? And verse 24, and put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Now, Hannah and Liam have just gone through all of this. This is my pre-marriage counseling that I do. And here in about a year or so, we'll find out whether or not they listened. But look what it says. That you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So the Bible tells us, the Bible instructs us about righteousness and true holiness. What does that look like? You know, is it that, you know, you wear a certain kind of clothing or you speak a certain kind of language? Let's look at what it says. Verse... 24, and that you put on the new man, which after God has created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. So what is righteousness? Guys, here's righteousness. You guys ready? You young people, don't lie. Isn't that a good way to start? God's word is so practical. Look at the next verse. Just be angry and sin not. Anger is not a sin, but anger can lead to sin. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. The Bible says, keep not company with an angry man. If you've got somebody that's always mad, don't stay, don't be around that person because it's going to cause you trouble. You're going to get in trouble with that person. Isn't that simple? Isn't that practical? All right, be angry, be ye angry and sin not, let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Um, what, what anger does when it is uh, not dealt with is it deals, it, it, it results in bitterness and resentment and all kinds of trouble. And when you allow anger into your home, so imagine you've got four kids. And you come home from work, the kids come home from work, and there's, let me do math, there's seven place settings. And they say, who's the seventh one for? Oh, that's for Satan. He's coming over tonight. Look at the next verse. Neither give place to the devil. When you allow anger to fester in your home, you're inviting Satan into your house. I mean, you think that's a bad idea. Yeah. How many of you know homes that have been destroyed because of anger and bitterness, resentment? Right? You see, this is holiness. This is righteousness. The Bible's teaching us what righteousness is. Verse 28, let him that stole steal no more. Let's send that verse to Congress. But rather, let him labor, working with his hands, the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Many of you work hard. You really work hard to provide for your own. You're not going to take handouts, but you're not. You, neither are you going to give. The reason that you... Earn a living is to provide for your own and to have to give to him that needeth. If you're living on everything you have and can't give, then that's not righteous. The Bible gets very practical, doesn't it? Right? If we picture angels and floating and harps and stuff, yes, I love righteousness. When I have to actually give money, (laughs) I'm out. See, that's righteousness. Now look at what it says. Verse 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. Your speech ought to build people up. This is something that, that I really am trying to work on myself. Um, my friend John Moore, y'all met him. He helped us with our building, and I interact with him quite a bit. Um, I, I usually say this about it. I feel better about me after I've been with John. He's that kind of an encourager. He's that kind of an edifier. You understand that's who we should be out in the world? 
That, that our Christianity should make us winsome. That people want to be with us because we are building them. We are helping them. What a way to lead people to Jesus Christ. As we build people up through the wisdom and love that Christ has given us, that's righteousness. That's what righteousness is. Laura and I were driving down the road. This kid, this is several years ago. This kid comes riding his bike right in front of me. Had my window down, and it just came out. You're an idiot. The kid waved. I know. <laughs> and just kept riding down the street. Now, I don't know that that was the time to give him the gospel, right? But telling him he's an idiot was probably not the best thing at that moment. I don't even know exactly what I'm talking about. That's corrupt communication. We need to build people. This is righteousness. The Bible is teaching us what righteousness looks like. And then, look at what it says. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. There are people that believe that when they grieve the Holy Spirit, they lose their salvation. Aren't you glad this verse clears that up? We're sealed until the day of redemption. But So don't grieve him. You know, I I live with Laura. She's good to me. I love her. So I don't want to grieve her. I don't want her, I don't want to do things that will anger her, that will hurt her. Why? Because I love her and she's good to me. Does the Holy Spirit love you? Is the Holy Spirit good to you? then don't grieve him. What are things that grieve the Holy Spirit? Well, a very simple list would be the things that we just looked at. Don't lie. Don't steal. Don't let your anger last, right? All of those things, corrupt communication. Then look at what it says. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Bitterness, that's what comes from anger. Wrath, that's the working out of the anger. That's where you plan it. Anger, clamor. What's clamor? That's the noise. That's the noise. That's the, the slamming of the cabinets, the slamming of the doors, the grumbling, the noise that comes from bitterness, wrath, and anger. Put that away from you with all malice. What's malice? That's planned evil. You're angry, and now you're going to do something malicious. Put it all away, and be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. What did we just learn? We learned what righteousness is. Didn't have to talk about haircuts, didn't have to talk about clothes, didn't have to talk about music, right? If you get all these things in place, you're not going to listen to music that will dishonor God. Amen? If you want to do these things and honor the Lord, you don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit, you put clothes on when you go outside, right? Don't go shopping in pajamas, please. That's my list. I have one thing on my list. Don't wear your pajamas to Walmart. If you do, I'll kill you. No. Here are, listen, some of you are thinking, and it was going so well. (laughs) What are we going to do at Christmas? What are we going to do? Let's continue believing that the gospel is inextricably linked with the scriptures. Speak the Bible to people. Don't tell them what's wrong with their religion. Speak the Bible. Continue believing that children can know the Holy Scriptures. Continue believing that the Scriptures teach salvation is through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Continue believing that all Scriptures are given, that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And then continue believing that it's the Scriptures that cause people to grow. 
in doctrine, in reproof, in correction, in instruction and in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto good works. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we were all vessels, the Bible says, meet for God's use, ready to be used. You know, let's all stand together. When I, um, I mentioned recently that I, I played tournament table tennis, ping pong. And um, when I would go to practice, my friend Bud Kaufman say, okay, forehands, and we'd sit there and hit forehands. Say, okay, backhands, and we'd do backhands. And if you heard it, it would be, ba-dum, 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 ba-dum. It was exactly the same speed all the time. You could hear it. You could just about close your eyes and do it. You could just about close your eyes and do it. Why? So that in the tournament or when you're, when you're in a match, you don't think about that motion. You think about getting to where the ball is, and you're able to react because you have ingrained this motion. And you, you, you see a guy slam the ball. Some of you have seen that. You watch the Olympics or whatever, and they're just slamming the ball back and forth at each other. They can't really even see it. They hear it, and they know exactly where to be because they've, they've practiced that same motion over and over and over again. When you watch a quarterback and a, a receiver and, and they're just in sync. The quarterback throws the ball before the receiver has ever even made his cut because they've practiced that so many times. He knows where to put the ball. The receiver knows where to run. It's just, it's ingrained in them. The, the God working in us through his word, preparing us, that we're ready with the answer. We're ready. Somebody throws a question at you. We're ready with the answer. We're ready. Why? Because we have been truly furnished for his work. We are ready. Folks, we have spent the whole year preparing you for Christmas. Continue. Amen? Continue. 